Good morning. So good to be with you this morning. What a wonderful time. Uh, just a couple very quick announcements. I want to re- remind you that we have had our meetings about when to open. And for right now, the latest is we're going to try to open on Father's Day, June 21st. And with that said, we're trying to take a survey. The survey is on our website or Facebook or immediately after this message, there will be a link to it uh, on your chat box. So we just need to know how many people are planning to come to which service and etc. And so please take that survey. It's very important for us. And there will be more information coming once we get that survey out. We haven't been together for some time. And uh, I, I just wanted to take a, a, a moment, no, a message from the Word of God on some of the things that we might have forgotten we might, and that we might need to, as we start to come back together again. And so I ask you to be ready in Mark chapter 12, 29 to 31, Mark 12, 29 to 31. I want to remind you of something very basic. Husbands and wives often take this for granted. Something so basic, love. No, it's not a Valentine's message. It's a church message. It's me to you, my heart to your heart, a reminder to love. It's going to be to love God and to love one another. And exactly just what does that mean? The importance of loving God. One of the comments I want to share is, we try to please those that we love. We go out of our way to please those that we love. We go out of our way to serve those that we love. We shouldn't be sitting back and and being served. We should be aware at all times of how to serve and please those we love. I'd like for us to start with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, please, Lord, guide my words, guide my heart as I say these things to your people or to those, Lord, that should be your people. Asking you, Lord, to please bless this, give me wisdom, grace, physical and mental strength and give our people that are listening discipline to apply your word to their heart, to their lives, to their circumstances. Lord, as we soon will be coming together, ask you, Lord, to bless this church immensely. Lord, we ask you, Lord, to use us in a mighty way to awaken our neighborhood, community, and our families And friends, to you and your love, in Jesus' name, amen. Mark chapter 12, starting in verse 29. And Jesus answered in him, a Pharisee had just asked him, what what is the most important commandments? And he says, the first of all the commandments is, 
Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one God, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And for some of us who have been Christians a very long time, We've been sons and daughters of, of Jesus for a very long time. Sometimes we take that for granted. This love is to serve him. This love is to live a life that pleases him. There are times in my life when I don't want to do what I have to do. And I do it anyway because I know it pleases him. Exercising that discipline to do the things we should do because it pleases him. In John 14, 21, John says, He that has my commandments, this is Jesus speaking. John chapter 14 is always the night before Jesus was crucified. And in John 14, 21, He that has my commandments and keeps them. The word keep means to obey them. He it is that loves me. He that loves me shall be loved of my Father, and I, Jesus, will love him, and will manifest, show myself to him. I love that verse. It is something that Jesus is saying the night before he was crucified. He, it says, he that keeps them, he it is that loves me. He, we show our love to Jesus because we obey him. And he that loves me shall be loved of my father. And I will love him and manifest myself, show myself to him. In 1 John chapter 2, verses 3, 4, and 5. Hereby we do know. Here's how we know that we know him. And that's important. Because if we don't know him, our names aren't in the book of life. He knows us by, by our love for him. What's it say? Here's how we know that we know him. If we keep, remember the word keep means to obey if we obey his commandments. Now, some of the reasons we don't obey is because they're not commandments we would choose. But if Jesus is your Lord, there has to be a submission to our Lord. So remembering that, here's how we know that we know him. If we keep, obey his commandments. He that says, I know him, I know Jesus, I'm a Christian, and keeps not his commandments, he's a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps, obeys his word. In him verily is the love of God perfected. What, what perfects the love for God? Obedience. Obedience. And it's obedience. Sometimes we do things we don't want to do. Sometimes we obey things 
We don't want to obey, but if he's our Lord, we obey. We submit to his authority in our life. It goes on, whoso keeps his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. That's how we know that we're going to heaven, that our name is in that book of life. Otherwise, oh, please make sure of your salvation. Please turn your life over to Christ. You don't want to go to hell. And his love for us is that while we were yet sinners, he died for us and died for our sins so that the penalty would be paid for our sin. He paid it. And by accepting him as Lord, the word Lord, ultimate authority, even in areas of your life that you, that you question, by accepting him as Lord and Savior, we are virtually guaranteed of heaven. John fourteen fifteen night before, if you love me, Jesus said, you will keep my commandments, keeping, obeying my commandments. He'd said that to his disciples. Now, that's about the importance of loving God. And... Your eternal destiny depends on that. And you just can't flip a switch. Okay, I'm going to love God. Get to know Him. Read His Word. Talk to Him. Pray to Him. Sing to Him. Worship Him. The more you get to know Him, the more you will love Him. But there's another part to that Mark chapter 12. Mark chapter 12 We're right here in the importance of loving one another. In, in 30, 12, 30, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your emotions, all your soul, all your spiritual feelings, and with all your mind and your thoughts and with all your strength. This is the first commandment Jesus said. But then he goes on, verse 31. And the second commandment is like unto it, namely this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is none other commandment greater than these two, to love God and to love one another. We need to be reminded of that. We've been individuals Individual families, we haven't been together. We're coming together. We're going to be worshiping together, serving together, caring for one another. We need to be reminded that we are to love one another. We're not individuals anymore. We are to love, self-sacrificing, serving love one for another. And nothing is more important than these two commandments. In Romans 13, 9, Paul says, Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Thou shalt not covet wanting things that you shouldn't have. 
And if there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in this. Thou shalt love your neighbor, love others as you would yourself. You care about yourself. You care about your, your purposes and your dreams, your desires. We are to care about others as well in the same way. Before we do that, I need to remind you of one of the most famous passages in the scriptures about love. 1 Corinthians 13 is otherwise called the love chapter. And let's be reminded of how we are to love one another. 1 Corinthians 13, starting in verse 4. Love suffers long and is kind. Love envies not. Love vaunts not itself, is not, is not self-centered. Love is not puffed up. Love does not behave itself unseemly, does not seek her own, is not easily provoked. Love thinks no evil. Love thinks no evil, rejoices not in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Does not rejoice in sin, does not love sin but rejoices in the truth. And the truth is the word of God, not your own made up stuff. Not, not what's going on in American cities right now. That's not truth. Asking you to remember God's word, thinking of God's ways. Love rejoices not in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things. Love believes all things, love hopes all things. There's always that glimmer of hope. Hope has to do with the future, immediate and the far-fetched the far -fetched things of the future. Love hopes for all things. And the, the one line that I love most is love endures all things. Oh, I'm so glad that's in there. I'm so glad uh, that we are to endure the differences amongst us. We don't have to all believe all of the, the same things unless they are of the Word of God, unless they are of Jesus Christ. Love endures everything. We take it. And then love, this kind of love, never fail. So what is love? There you have it. There's more. How to show love one to another. I'm just reminding you, taking verses out of the Bible, uh, how to show love one to another. In Galatians 5.13, it says, For brethren, you have been called to liberty. Freedom. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh to sin, but by love serve one another. By love serve one another. Doulos. We are because we are because we are the doulos of the earth, but by love serve. You see that word serve? Should have underlined it or maybe. 
We are to serve one another. We are to forget about ourselves and to serve others. Part of that is to help others achieve their their goals and dreams, helping others as well, to serve one another. The next part of that verse says, for all the law, the whole Bible is fulfilled in one word. Even this, you shall love your neighbor as you do yourself, putting your neighbor before yourself. One word. I love that in the word of God. Jesus knew exactly how we could have unity and fellowship one with another and still be a little different. But on the major things, agreeing and helping and serving one another. Matthew 24, the great eschatological chapter of the Bible, the future. What's the future hold? From 2,000 years ago, Jesus said this, and it applies to what's going on on our TV screens right now. Watch this. Matthew 24, verse 10. And then shall many be offended. Well, there are. And shall betray one another, turning on one another, shall hate one another. If ever our country has been filled with hate, not love, with hate for one another, it's now. Verse 11, in the future, many false prophets or teachers shall rise and shall deceive many. Why? How can they do so? Because they're golden mouths. They're so eloquent when they speak. And the more eloquent you are, the higher up in uh, the politics you can get. We honor people for the wrong reasons. Just because they're good speakers, look at their character. Judge their character. Be so careful. How can they deceive so many? Because people are sheep. They just want to follow. Very few are actually the the shepherds. The sheep will follow anyone who is eloquent and has a a reason, a good-sounding reason for being followed. Verse 12. I noticed this. Now watch. And because iniquity, the word iniquity means lawlessness. Have you seen your TV screen lately? And because lawlessness shall abound from 2,000 years ago, this is a prophecy speaking to today. And because lawlessness shall abound, the love of many shall become cold. But he that shall endure to the end, the same shall be saved. And I believe the true Christian are those who would endure to the end. The same shall be saved. It's so important for us to see what's going on in our lifetime, in our nation's lifetime. 
Because lawlessness shall abound, the love of many shall become cold. The love for God and the love for others. People just won't care about you and I. They just want what they want and they want it when they want it. About the last times, 2 Timothy 3, 1. This know also that in the last days, the, the Apostle Paul teaching young Timothy with a letter. It's the last thing, it's the last writing that the Apostle Paul even wrote. And it goes, this know also that in the last days, perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. That means their own purposes, not caring about others. They don't care about others' sacrifice, others, uh, what they believe. What, they only believe narrow-minded on what they think. Verse 2 again, For men shall become lovers of their own selves. They shall be covetous, wanting things they shouldn't have. They will be boasters. They will be proud. They will be blasphemers. They'll be disobedient to parents in the last days. They will be unthankful. They will be unholy. They will not have natural affection. They will be truce breakers. You can't make deals with them. They'll break it break their truces. They will be false accusers. They will be incontinent, out of control, maniac people. They will be fierce. Some of these are just fierce. They will be despisers of those that are good. And then verse 4, I have it on your screen. Traitors. Traitors to themselves, to others, and to their country. Traitors to God. Oh, don't be a traitor to God. He has done so much for you. He will do so much for you. If he never does anything to you again in this lifetime, he's worthy of being followed because of what he's done for you and what he will be doing in the last days mankind will be traitors they will be heady and high-minded all about me 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 and that expression we're talking about love why won't people why won't people love god and love others they will be lovers of pleasures more than lovers of god listen uh, I need a fence to live within. I need borders to my behavior. I need borders to my, my pleasures. I crave being told what I can do and what I can't do because it would harm me or mine. Lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God. There, there are those that have a, the next verse, they have a form of godliness. I'm a Christian, but I just don't believe in all those rules. To have Jesus as Lord is to 
Submit to his authority in your life. They have a form of godliness, but denying the such people turn away. Don't let them influence you to go outside the fences of morality to do things their way. You should influence them, but don't let them influence you. A thought came to me. I need to stress, where does this love come from? You just can't turn on a switch and say, I love Jesus, and that's it. It's not self-will. It comes from a source. Where does the love for God come from? 1 John 4, 8 says, He that loves not knows not God, for God is love. God is the source. He's the one that turns on the hose, the spigot of love. There are some things we don't want to do, but we do them because of love, love for God. We don't even have to understand it all. But we need to submit to his authority in our life. 1 John 4, 8, one more time. He that loves not, loves not God. For God is the source of love. If you don't have that, you need to go to him. Understand the past, what he's done for you on that cross. He did it. It was love that kept him on the cross. And every time they hit him with that whip, it was love that kept him there, love for you and me. And to disregard that, to forget that, is crazy. It's crazy. But it's also self-will. It's selfishness. It's a lack of forgiveness, which is the opposite of love. I have talked to so many people in fo over 40 years of ministry who just don't easily forgive one another. Forgiveness is, is the opposite of love. Jesus forgave us, forgives us. I want Jesus to forgive me in the same way I forgive others. I want him to be an easy forgiver. If you're a hard forgiver, Jesus is a hard forgiver. He knows why someone would be a hard forgiver. I'm an easy forgiver. It's hard for me to understand. But why would somebody be a hard forgiver? I think it's pride. I think they think too highly of themselves. How could that person say, do those things to me? You don't know I've had this said. You don't know, Pastor Dave, what that person said. You don't understand what that person did to me. Jesus does. I'm not telling you you have to forget what they did. I'm not telling you you have to go up and hug and kiss all over them, which right now we don't want to do anyway. I am telling you that we need to forgive, stop speaking about it, and we can love them from afar.
releasing them from that sin. That's what forgiveness is. Self-will, selfishness, and a lack of forgiveness is the opposite of this love. I wish you could understand how important it is to love God with all your heart, body, soul, mind, and strength. Romans 13, 13 says it this way, let us walk honestly like it's daylight. Look at this next verse, not in rioting, not in drunkenness. Rioting? The opposite of rioting is to walk. We're, we're allowed to walk for what we believe. We're not allowed to destroy people's lives or people's property. That's rioting and drunkenness. Usually most of the rioting happens in the dark hours. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting, not in drunkenness, not in chambering, chambering having to do with sexual sins, and not in wantonness, doing whatever it is you care to do, not in strife, not in envying, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to be fulfilled, to fulfill the lust of the flesh. If you have a certain problem with a certain place, don't go there. If you have a certain problem with someone else, don't, don't be with them. Make no provision. If you have a certain problem on your computer screen, don't go there. Do whatever you can. No, make no provision for the flesh during a week times to fulfill the lust thereof. Speaking about love, Colossians 3.12 says, Put on therefore as the chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on bowels of mercies. That's love, to be merciful to others. A couple weeks ago I mentioned we, we cannot judge. We, ha we, we have to be so careful in judging others by our own standards. Until we have walked in their, in their shoes, we cannot judge others. Forbearing, well, Colossians 3.12, put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on bowels of mercies, Kindness, being kind one to another. When we do meet on June 21st, one of the things we're wanting to do is when we dismiss, we will dismiss from the back rows first. Then as the back rows get, get out of the church, if you want to have fellowship in the parking lot outside, do it. But don't hold up there at, by the doors. Some people in our church are are very sensitive about this, very sensitive about that. So I encourage you to be kind to one another, even people who might, who might think differently about this coronavirus thing, about us meeting one uh, again as a church to worship God together. Be kind one to another, tenderhearted. Bowels of mercies, kindness, Humbleness of mind, 
putting others first. Meekness, put on meekness. Meekness is the lack of anger, the lack of strife. Put on long-suffering. We're to suffer, suffer, suffer long. Why is that in there? Because he knew. He knew that having Christians meeting uh, often to worship him would bring people of different backgrounds, different thoughts, different experiences, and we needed to endure one another's differences, be kind and love one another. But that Colossians 3 verse 13 on your screen says this, forbearing one another. That means putting up with one another and forgiving one another. If any man has a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye them. So also do ye forgive them. There are those that during this, this lockdown, People in your life has, have driven you crazy. Please. We, we have loved ones. We have family members. We have friends that we're carrying ought against. What, what's it say? Forbearing one another, forgiving one another. And if any man has a quarrel, a fight against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. You're only hurting yourself. And above all, Colossians 3.14, above all these things, put on love. That love is a self-sacrificing. It's a serving. It's a kindness love one to another. And above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfectness. Perfectness, mature, mature Christians. Notice how they love one another. A secular writer wrote from the third century. Notice how they write. Notice how they love and care for one another. Wow. The promise of God's love comes with stipulations. What? Yeah. Again, John 14, 21. He that has my commandments and keeps them, obeys them, he it is that loves me. And he that loves me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love Him and will show myself to Him. That's Jesus speaking. So read it again with me. He that has my commandments and keeps them, obeys them, he it is that loves me, and he that loves me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love Him, and I will Show myself to him. I emphasize this again because watch how some people read it. 
He that has my commandments and keeps some of them. I get to decide what I keep and what I, what I obey. I get to decide what I disobey because I don't believe all of it evidently. He that has my commandments, you know them, and keeps them, that's different, obeying them. He it is that loves me. And he that loves me shall be loved of my Father, Jesus speaking. And I will love him, Jesus speaking. And I will show myself to him. Now I found an obscure verse I don't think I've ever used before. But I, I think you Bible scholars will enjoy this. From the book of Deuteronomy of all things. Deuteronomy 7 verse 9. Know therefore that the Lord thy God is God. Ultimate authority. He is God. The faithful God. Which keeps covenant and mercy. What? With them that love him and keep his commandments. And then the next part is to a thousand generations. Listen, that's a promise to our children. By living our lives before them and showing love to God, even when we, we don't want to obey, we obey. Do you want your children to obey only the things they agree with? No, you don't. Sometimes we obey those things we don't agree with. Because we love God or we love one another. Know therefore the Lord, that the Lord thy God, he is God. Ultimate authority. He is the faithful God which keeps covenant, keeps promises and gives mercy to them that love him and keeps his commandments to a thousand generations. We can only think out ahead about four generations, our great, great, greats. But this is a thousand generations. We are teaching our younger generations to obey God and to love him. Sitting there in my office, I came up with this. The secret to love. We try to please those we love. If we don't, we don't really love them. It's a selfish love. We just want them to please us. But the secret to love is to please those that we love. There's another part of that, to serve those that we love. Husbands and wives, particular we need to self-sacrificingly love one another. We are to self-sacrificingly please and serve one another. That's a secret. Secret to loving this way. But it also applies to him. The secret to loving God is to please him with our life, 
with our lifestyle. We're temples of the Holy Ghost. We are to control what goes in here and in here and in here and in here. The secret to loving God is we want to please Him. That's how we show our love. Revelation 2.4 Nevertheless, Jesus says, I have something against you because you have left your first love. I say this because some of us here used to love Jesus more than we do now. We used to have that closeness with God. We used to have that, that fellowship with God wherever we went. We had such an affectionate heart for God, for Jesus. And we've kind of fallen away from that. Oh, not that we're gross sinners. We just don't have that love. Please, take this moment on this day to rededicate yourself to loving, serving, pleasing God Jehovah. He loves you so much. For some of us, he's been waiting for so long for you to come back. Come back. Might be someone here who would say, I want that love. I, I need that purpose in my life to love God. I, I want that love to be able to forgive the unforgivable. I need that. I can't do it on my own. Jesus Christ is the source of love. You get it from nowhere else. Come to him for that love. He's also been waiting for you to come to him. Hasn't he? Let us bow our heads. Lord Jesus Christ, I feel like, Lord, I've done my best. I feel like, Lord, I have compiled verses from the Word of God, your Word, to remind us that we are to love you with all our heart, body, mind, soul, and strength, to remind us to come back. You make covenant with us. We want to make covenant with you that we will come to you or come back to you. Oh God, we're so sorry if we're one of those that have somewhat displeased you with our life. Let us come back to our first love. I want to leave that on the minds and the hearts of these people, just as if they were here. I know that I know there are those that need to rededicate their love to you, to serve you and please you. But Lord, also there might be these who need help with forgiveness. They can't do it on their own. It's not in them of themselves. But Lord, have them climb up on that cross that you were on and say, Father, forgive them 
and help me to forgive them. They don't understand. And Lord, for some, maybe just one, two, or three out there listening to my voice, they don't have access to this kind of love. A love, Lord, that you gave your all for us. I pray, dear Lord, if there's someone here that doesn't know for sure, that should they die today, they would go to heaven or hell. But today, this moment, Lord, they want to make sure, they want to invite you into their heart to be their savior from hell, savior from the penalty of sin, savior from a life of sin, and ask you to be their savior and their Lord to be their ultimate authority, Lord, to have the right and privilege to warn us, to show us, to teach us, to tell us what's right or wrong. Lord, I pray that right now someone might ask you to come into their life as Savior and as Lord. They would very simply, but with all their heart, Say, I'm so sorry, Lord, for my sin. I'm so sorry for my rebellion. I'm so sorry for my rioting in my life. I'm so sorry for hurting so many others with my selfishness. Please forgive me. Forgive me. Wash my heart out white as snow. Come into my life, Lord. Be my savior, and I give you the permission, the right that you earned to be my Lord, my ultimate authority. And oh God, give me that love. Give me your love. And give me enough of that that I might love the unlovable. In Jesus' name.